0: Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the leadership development podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by a former colleague of mine, Matthew Aaron. Matthew is a principal at Siegler Elementary in Plano, Texas, presenter, consultant, and blogger. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Happy to be here, Josh, man. Thank you for having me on the Aspire podcast. And
0: Matt, as you know, the show is centered on leadership development. I would love to hear your personal leadership journey on how you became an administrator.
1: I'll tell you what, I was very fortunate to have a a dad in my house growing up that challenged me and pushed me to wanna do great things. And uh, early on in my college career, he introduced me to some educational leaders back in in my home city of Ankeny, Iowa that were involved at the uh, school board level and uh, doing some work at the state level. And, and those gentlemen encouraged me to try to be more than, more than I wanted to be at the time, be more than just a school teacher, go out there and influence and uh, make change in, in the lives of those you can uh, impact. So I knew when I got my career started in Plano ISD that I wanted to aspire to be more than just a classroom teacher one day. So I was fortunate enough to happen, hop into a, a graduate school program that Plano offered at the time. And uh, got started with the University of North Texas, where I was able to grow some roots and meet some great mentors along the way. I had the opportunity to serve right alongside and learn from some great administrators within Plano ISD that uh, got me into some leadership roles, assistant principal roles. And then landed me my opportunity here at uh, Sigler Elementary, where I have enjoyed, uh, gosh, now this is my eighth year at Sigler Elementary as the principal. And in your preparation
0: to become an administrator, what was one of the most impactful experiences you had to enhance skills as a leader?
1: Man, i tell you what, I grew up in Iowa, in in a town of 20,000 people, right? So not very big in in comparison to where I live today in, in, in Dallas, Texas at that time was a good sized school in Iowa, but had not exposed me to life outside of the bubble that I lived in. Mm -hmm. And I recall a a high school teacher that I had my senior year that that was very specific about using our experiences to impact others. And I took that on with me into college in in a very rural area in Nebraska. And I was able to pay that forward and eventually travel down to Dallas and interview in several districts and Plano being one of them. And just met some great leadership examples along the way in Plano that allowed me to expand my horizons and see what it was like to work and work alongside of and learn from great leaders that that just kind of paved the way for me to learn from them. I'm humbled to this day to be able to do the work that they have done, to do the work that they paved the way for me to be able to do as an educational leader.
0: And in your transition from a teacher to an administrator, what was your biggest misconception as you began your experience?
1: Oh man, I tell you what, I I share this with teachers that I I try to grow into leadership positions today, I share this with. As a teacher, you have a circle of influence. It's as large as you want it to be, but oftentimes it does not get any larger than the the hallway that you live within, right? So you can impact your students, you can impact the team that you work on, but impact larger than that is really hard to get to because you just don't have the time constraints within the day to allow yourself to be exposed to larger pictures outside of your hallway. Mm So as you make that transition into a leader, you start to discover that, oh, like there's so many things that happen outside of my hallway, outside of my side of the building. And when you transition into that leadership role, you become exposed to all of the things that happen in a building and you become more aware of the fact that the people that work in this place are people first, our parents first, our teachers second, And that you have to acknowledge that, that yes, my job is important. I'm a principal, they're a teacher, but more important than that is that they are, they're parents and they are wives and their husbands, and they have lives that are outside the four walls of our school. And I try to keep that in mind in everything that we do. And
0: going from an AP to a principal, what do you wish you had known before taking your principal position?
1: Oh, man. Uh, You know, we, we speak so much about the importance of getting into that principal role and truly learning from that and learning the culture of the building and learning the practices that are in place. And I was young and I was enthusiastic and I was on fire to be a principal. And I don't know that I spent enough time learning enough in that first year as a principal. I wanted to come in and make that impact and make that change right away. And looking back, I believe I could have done a better job of, of listening and responding to what I was hearing as opposed to coming in and saying, hey, welcome to uh, this new profession, young man. Here's how we're gonna do it. Uh, I believe I missed out on some learning opportunities through that.
0: Looking back at your leadership experience, what was one lesson that you learned
1: that might've come from one of your greatest trials? gosh there's so many lessons josh but but i think the one lesson that i've learned is to listen more that there are so many things that you can learn just through listening and learning to ask the right questions i'm not sure i asked the right questions early on like i asked questions but but i think there were the questions that i was taught to ask as opposed to the questions that i needed to ask Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure you know the questions that you need to ask until you've spent a good amount of time listening to what's happening in the place that you are as a leader. And then through listening, you'll, you'll understand what questions I should, I should le- learn to ask. And, and I miss that, man. If I could go back and do it again, I, w- I would listen more and ask a less questions early on and ask more questions. Maybe in the back half of my first year in that second year and ask more questions based upon what I learned through listening. But I asked a lot of questions and then just responded right away as opposed to really learning.
0: And what are some characteristics that you believe every leader should possess in a similar role?
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think every form of, of leadership is, is relational. And I try to pride myself on developing those deep relationships that will allow you to learn who you people are as people, as opposed to learning them as, as teachers. And I think as you learn people and you learn what they aspire to do, then you are able to better lead them in that direction. I pride myself and, and I enjoy just getting to know people, whether it's as a, as a teacher or as an assistant principal or now as a principal. I firmly believe that if I can get to know you as a person and, and know what your strengths are and know what the goals that you have in life are, I can, I can help you set a plan and, and help you work that plan through to ensure that you're able to, not only your goals as an educator, but just your life goals.
0: When you became an administrator, what was one area you wanted to change in education?
1: Oh, I think it's probably the same area I still want to change today, eight years later, man. (laughs) It's it's the narrative that public education possesses, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially in the state of Texas, like we're so driven on the bottom line, which in the state of Texas is standardized testing, correct? Yep. So like, I would love to still to this day change the narrative where the lay person that isn't tied into public school does their surface level research and understands that, hey, this school is successful because associate that success based upon a star test result or a statistic they read in the newspaper. And I, I would challenge people to look past that. And yes, that is a certain measure of success, but it's not the only measure of success that exists in schools we also measured the opportunities that kids have we had measured the experiences that kids get to possess as they walk into a school place and, and we measured the the joy that kids have as they walk into a school building and and ultimately like they they want to be there like kids get out of bed in the morning wanting to come to school in a place and and i don't know about you as you were a child and you grew up in elementary school but i'm not i, I can't look back at my elementary school experience and say that I looked forward to waking up in the morning and going to school at the place that I went to. I don't remember the name of my elementary school principal. I want the students that come to Sigler Elementary to look back at their elementary school experience and and say without a doubt that I looked forward to going to school there. I know who my principal was and I look back and I I acknowledge the success that, that I had in that place that allowed me to be successful as a learner further down the road.
0: What is one initiative you implemented on your campus that you are extremely proud of?
1: And i tell you what, uh, uh, initiatives are such a scary word in (laughs) public education, right? So I I like to look at them. I've got a couple that I like to hang our hats on at Sigler Elementary. Sigler Elementary, we we focus on a demographic of students that are, are second language learners. And the majority of our kids, whether they are learning a second language or are native English speakers, so many of them still require a, a level of language instruction, explicit in language instruction, to further their, their academic learning. Uh, so one of the things that we have spent an enormous amount of time on is learning how to explicitly teach language through the content areas. Uh, and I look back on the success that we've had over the last three or four years, and I can pinpoint those moments where uh, students have turned turn the corner, and no longer became the this quote unquote second language learner, but became just the learner, knowing that language was a part of it. So, so we we have we have stopped separating the two things. From yes, we have to teach the student math, but we also have to teach the st- student language. And now we teach math and language as one. Right? And, and our student and our students and our teachers ha- have worked hard to develop sound teaching practices. That will not only teach students the content, but also teach them the language that they need to access and apply that learning. But more importantly, I I think the thing that we have developed at Sigler is a culture which teachers want to be in. Students want to be in. Parents want to attend and want to be a part of because they truly understand at the end of the day, like this group of adults, this group of teachers cares for my kids and they they love them and they want to take care of them and they trust us 100% with the job that we have to instruct their kids every day and and that's really truly what i'm most proud of
0: so for those starting their leadership journey what advice do you have for them
1: man advice for starting your leadership journey you know have have the end in mind what is it you desire to do and that's such a that's an easy question to ask and a hard question to answer and if you were to ask me right now what do i want to do in 5 to 10 years like i don't have the answer for that man but uh I think there's some power in that, knowing that I don't know what I want to do in 10 years, but I I can begin to envision what I may want it to look like and then go seek out those opportunities to write your own story. Don't let someone else's path dictate the path that you have to be on. Take all the experiences and the leadership models you have in front of you and learn from them. And in learning from them, you are going to learn what you do want to do and you're going to learn what you necessarily don't want to do. But take those opportunities and and write your own story and and do not let anything stand in your way of of trying to aspire to be the best version of you. I I tell people like, you're going to go conquer the world, man. Like, Go conquer the world, but go conquer the world in a way that you want to do it. And don't be bound by anybody else's story or way that they think they need you to do it. Like, Go out there and be your best version of yourself and don't let anybody stand in your way.
0: So in looking back in your own experience, which leadership skills were the most difficult to develop?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think that as a leader, you have to develop compassion for folks and empathy. And there's a balance between feeling, and it's like how we relate to our kids, Josh. You You don't feel sorry for your students, but you understand where they're coming from, right? And I think that's the same trait you try to develop as a leader, is that as a principal, as a building leader, you hear people's joys and triumphs, but you also hear what's happening in their lives. That would be the exact opposite of that and, and all of the terrible things that just happen within people's lives. So I think the filter that you have to view that through is that you can, you can get stuck in the sorrow that people possess, or you can find a way to understand that, yes, absolutely, I I will, I will pray for you. I will, I will care for you. I will think about you. But at the same time, like I understand what you're going through. How can I help you survive it and come out the other side of it being a better person you are right now, understanding the fact that we still got a group of kids that we got to (laughs) grow. Right. So, like, I'll be your life coach and I'll be your professional coach. And at the end of the day, there there are 20 learners in your classroom that are counting on you to be the best version of you every single day. So how can I help you do that? That's a difficult balance to try to figure out. But it goes back to knowing people and being able to connect with people on a personal level and knowing that, yes, I love you and I trust you. But at the same time, I got to be able to help you grow because the kids in your class are counting on you to be better every day.
0: And so how do you handle those relationships with teachers parents or even students when they don't agree with your vision or the decision
1: that you've made why don't you agree with me josh <laughs> God, that's the easy question dad why don't you agree with me but uh you know i, I say that jokingly because not everyone's going to agree with me but i think the thing that we hang our hat on at the end of the day is that you may not agree but help me understand what you disagree with and if i can understand what you disagree with i can understand where, where our paths are not crossing and I can start building bridges to make sure that our paths do cross. Because I I truly believe that every parent sends us their best kid, right? Parents believe that you are getting my best kid. The definition of best might differ. However, parents believe that, and we have to accept that they're sending us their very best. And how do we meet them in the middle to ensure that our agreement and our understanding of what we expect from them in a partnership, because what we do at school is 100% a partnership. It can't be us versus them or you do this and I'll do this. We are all in this together and that our partnership is going to establish some agreements. Right. Mm -hmm. And we agree that we're going to work on this together. And while we may agree to disagree on, on things at the end of the day, the, the task that lies ahead of us is ensuring that your son or daughter is going to be able to be successful in school. Success can be a, a subjective term, but I think if we can identify what success is, what that looks like at school, what that looks like at home, and we can agree upon that level of success, then we can work towards that mutually and have that partnership in place to ensure that we are on the same page and that we are working towards the same thing every day for the betterment of the student.
0: In addition to your admin position, you speak at conferences, you blog, and you're very active on social media. How did you find your voice beyond your campus?
1: But I, I, I tie it back to uh, early on when I was an assistant principal. I uh, had met some colleagues in the North Texas area that got me plugged into the EdCamp movement. Man, early on we we tried to establish uh, the, the EdCamp Plano. Which, which happened to be at the time, the, the very first ed camp in Texas. Hmm. Saying that out loud now, like EdCamp at that time was this unfamiliar thing. Like, what are you doing? Like you want to get teachers together to learn from one another? And you had to like explicitly explain it to people. Uh, and the best place to do that was on social media where you knew people had, had a, an end with already knowing what an EdCamp was. So I, I immersed myself and surrounded myself online by people that already knew that. And I tried to learn from them like, Hey, how y'all have pulled this off in in the Northeast in Boston. Like how did y'all do the ed camp in Boston or ed camp in Philly years ago when it got started? Mm -hmm. And and I learned so much from people that honestly, some of them I've never yet met face to face, but they were so willing to share their advice with me that I wanted to pay that forward to other people that I was able to surround myself with in my, my physical bubble, that I saw every day in my workplace, so I, I got myself plugged in on Twitter, man, and it opened doors that I didn't otherwise know would exist. I knew the district that I worked in, and I knew our philosophy on things, and I knew our best practices, but that's all I knew. And I needed to expose myself to other people's best practices and other people's philosophies to a better understand what mine was. Mm-hmm. So I, I still go to that. Like I'm, I'm very plugged in on social media today, and uh, some of the best professional relationships i have are people that i've only met face to face maybe one or two times if at all mm-hmm. uh, which is is mind-boggling to say that i can learn from somebody that i have not ever shaken hands with or met face to face but i hope one day i will
0: mm-hmm. and in turn that created the sigler nation so anyone that follows you on twitter can definitely see that hashtag why did you create that and what is that all about
1: yeah so sigler nation man was a like a rebirth of, of Sigler Elementary. Like when when I started as the principal to Sigler, my, my first year, like uh, my, my social media presence like absolutely diminished, right? I got so encapsulated by the first year principal stuff that I forgot that there's a network of people out there that could have helped me. And instead of reaching out, like I, I sunk in and, and started to just look in my own I look in the mirror instead of looking outward beyond there to see who could help me. So, uh, years later, I realized that, man, we are doing this all wrong. Like we need to reach out. We need to connect with people outside of these walls. So we rebranded, uh, Sigler elementary to Sigler nation because that's what like, ultimately our goal is to connect, connect with schools, connect with teachers, connect with kids and families outside of the walls of our school. Uh, as a title one bilingual campus, All of the stereotypes that come with that are are something that we had to overcome in my first years at Sigler. Uh, And we wanted to be able to be a brand in the community that stood for a place that we wanted parents to be at. We wanted kids to come to that was more than just a school. Like We wanted Sigler Nation to be an experience, to be an opportunity. That a place where kids wanted to run into and wanted to run out of knowing they would run back into it the next day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we know, as folks would say, as, as past guests on your podcast have said, if, if you're not sharing your story, somebody else is going to, right? Yep. And we wanted to be the person that was sharing our story. So we got our grade levels plugged into Twitter, where you can follow any one of our grade levels on there with that hashtag. You can follow me as the principal on there, the hashtag. Like it, it is 100% transparency. If you want to know what's happening within our building, Signal Nation is the place to look. And we, we, will, we will share that story with anybody that's willing to connect and anybody that's willing to listen.
0: So in closing, what is the most enjoyable aspect of leadership?
1: Man, for me, it's the connections that you make. It's, it's the people and it's the kids, man. Like just today, I was able to spend a day as busy as principals are. I, I value spending time with our teachers and our kids. So before school starts, I'll sit back at my desk in July and I will pencil out times where I can guarantee I will spend a whole day with a group of teachers and a group of students. I call them my no office days. And, and today I just happened to have one with our fifth grade teachers and fifth grade team of students. And, and I dedicated the entire day just to them. And, and I absolutely love it, man. It, it's, it, I have done it every single year I've been at Sigler. And if there is one thing I would recommend to any school leader listening out there right now is like find time in your calendar. Hey, listen, walkthroughs are great. Observations have to happen. But if you can dedicate a full day to one grade level, to one group of kids, like put it on your calendar and make it happen. Because I can walk into a fifth grade at 7.45 and not leave until 2.45. And I will see things I wouldn't have seen in an observation. I will see things that I wouldn't have seen in a walkthrough. And I will make more connections with teachers and kids in that one day than you will make in any walkthrough, or any observation, guarantee hands down. Like, I love it. I tell the teachers, you put me to work, give me the lesson plan, tell me what you want me to teach, allow me to leave a station. You come in and let's co teach. Like, you tell me what you want me to do for the day. Like, I'm yours, I'm there to serve. And I love it, man. I make connections with kids. I eat lunch with them. We're, eating, we're playing at recess, throwing the football around doesn't even matter what you want me to do. I'm there to serve. And it's, it's, it's absolutely the, the best thing I do as a school leader.
0: No, oh, I love that. How can our listeners connect with you on social media?
1: Yeah, hey, so follow me. I'm Matthew underscore Aaron on Twitter. My blog is MatthewArend.com. Follow me at either one of those spots. If you want to connect with Sigler Elementary, it's at Sigler Stars. In any one of our grade levels, just follow at Sigler Stars up with kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, all the way through to fifth. We've even got pre-K at Sigler Nation now, Josh. So you can follow Sigler Stars PK at Sigler Nation as well. So you check out the hashtag, hashtag Sigler Nation. I promise you will find something that is of interest to you.
0: Please continue to check out the Aspire podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and share your ratings and reviews. Don't forget to use the Aspire lead hashtag as you continue the conversation on Twitter. Matt, thank you so much for being on the program.
1: Hey, my pleasure, Josh. Keep doing great things and aspiring those future leaders.